You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Before we get started, I want to celebrate. This is WERA's fifth birthday. Can you believe it? Five years ago, Arlington Independent Media launched Radio Arlington with the firm belief that our friends and neighbors deserved our own radio station. The commercial radio stations just weren't doing enough to cover the events, people, stories, and culture that define Arlington, one of the most diverse and innovative communities in the country. Volunteer WERA producers like me have worked to fill that void with thousands of hours of entertaining, innovative, and uniquely local programs. Programs that can't be created anywhere else. Not bragging, just saying. Five years in, WERA 96.7 FM continues to tell our stories, introduce us to new local musicians, and surprise us with fresh programming every day. If you like what you hear here on WERA, I hope you will make a donation. It's easy. A quick visit to WERA.FM and click the Donate button on the upper right. That's WERA.FM and Donate. Thank you. Now, on with the show. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. With more than 130 episodes under my belt, I've come to expect certain ideas will come up with reliable regularity. Trust is a big one. Listening, of course. Creativity often gets interchanged with curiosity and empathy. I hear about empathy a lot. And I hear that empathy depends on curiosity. This week, I want to settle into empathy. This seems like a good, timely topic, and especially if we can weave it together with an entrepreneurial spirit, another concept that comes up frequently in these discussions. But first, a little about empathy itself. Like so many things, empathy takes different forms. Cognitive empathy is the ability to understand how another person feels, what they might be thinking. It can make us better communicators because it helps us relay information in ways that others can take in. And there's emotional empathy. That's the ability to share someone else's feelings. Emotional empathy helps us build emotional connections with one another. And finally, there's compassionate empathy, which goes beyond understanding others and sharing their feelings and moves us to action to help however we can. You can see how curiosity might fit in here, right? We have to be curious about others' feelings to begin to understand they exist, let alone to feel them ourselves, and then to imagine how we might be helpful. Basically, all layers and levels of curiosity built around asking ourselves, how might I? All of this is by way of context for what I saw when I stumbled on the Facebook group Arlington Neighbors Helping Each Other Through COVID-19. Created by Kellen Macbeth, a management consultant with a clear humanitarian bent, the group earned 2,000 members on its very first day back in March and has grown to more than 12,000 strong since. 
The group was created as a space to ask for help, share information, and connect one another, connect neighbors. Participants were encouraged to post their needs, questions, and suggestions, and to comment when they could help out. There were just three rules. No judgment if someone was asking for help. No judgment if someone was unable to help in a specific way. And be kind. So I wanted to talk to Kellen about the ways curiosity may indeed be contributing to the project. So welcome, Kellen. Thanks, Lynn. I'm happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. And congratulations on such a wild and almost instantaneous success. Well, thank you very much. It was very unexpected. I think that I had no idea what I was getting into when I started the page, <laughs> and it grew much faster than I ever anticipated. And it's been really amazing to see what all the members have really made made the the page into. Yeah. So, what inspired you? I mean, what was what what brought this into being all of a sudden? Yeah. So. I would say uh, this was March of 2020. Uh, just in one week, we went from, you know, COVID is a, a thing that people should maybe start to be a little worried about to the whole world had shut down. Mm-hmm. And it was a Sunday night and I had just been invited on Facebook to, by a friend to a group in DC called like DC Neighbors Helping Each Other Through COVID-19. And I was like, oh, that's great. I think it would be awesome for Arlington to have something specific to our community. And let me, you know, create the page in the morning and launch it. And maybe 100, 150 people will join and we can hopefully, you know, help each other figure out how to get through this sort of unprecedented time. Certainly, I had never been through anything like this before. And I, the sense, at least among the people that I knew, was just sort of bewilderment and just a lot of concern as, you know, this is back when we didn't know whether there'd be food in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and right, right. Uh, it was it, really, it was just a, an opportunity that I figured, let's throw it up there and uh, let's see what, what people want to use it for. And let's see how, how we can help. And then it, as you said, it grew much, much faster than I anticipated. And, and people really jumped at the opportunity to connect with one another and, and help each other out. Yeah. I was really struck that two out of three of your early rules revolved around not being judgmental. And Walt Whitman has this great line about be curious, not judgmental. And I wonder why it was so important to you to take judgment out of the equation. Yeah, I, you know, I would love to to take total credit for that too. But again, I, in a sense, ripped it off from the DC group. Um, and I, <laughs> it's the highest form of flattery. Yeah. Um, and I said, these sound pretty good. I tweaked the rules a bit to make them kind of flow in the way that I thought, you know, made sense. But the DC group really stressed that, you know, this is, it should be an open space and a safe space for people to ask for what they need and to get help. And that too, if people were not able to, or even if they didn't want to help in a specific situation, that they shouldn't be made to feel like they're doing something wrong or, or that they have an obligation to just uh, basically to create a space where, you know, whether you need help or you are potentially looking to help someone, you're not going to get turned off or feel like you've been turned away. Yeah. And I felt like that was really important for the Arlington group that 
if we're going to get people to feel comfortable asking for help or to offer it or to not offer it, that we needed to really emphasize that this is a judgment-free zone and that, you know, no one is going to say, well, why do you need this help? Like, shouldn't you have thought ahead or, you know, why aren't you helping with this person? Like they clearly have needs that was not going to be productive. It wasn't going to be helpful. And I also felt like it would violate the third rule, which is it wasn't going to be kind. Having watched it now for many months and it is an overwhelmingly kind environment and generous. Um, It's impressive. And you know, what strikes me about it, I have sort of a, you know, I've been talking about curiosity for a long time here and I have kind of my own sort of working definition of what it means to choose to be curious and that, that it's sort of acting on the belief that there's opportunity in the unknown. And it feels like the pandemic is a kind of interesting paradox in that there is so much unknown and we're kind of all looking for our ways to get our hands around that. And there's this vulnerability that comes with admitting our ignorance or asking for help from other people. And yet what I feel like I see within the group is that being curious about other people's needs and how we might be able to help, even if we can't figure out how to help ourselves, if we can figure out how to help somebody else is actually sort of empowering. Do you see, do you feel like you see that? I do. I think that one of the things that the group provided for people was during a time of a a scary time, a time when people didn't know what was going on, it gave them an opportunity to help other people because, you know, even if they didn't know what was going to happen with their job or, you know, with their school situation, they could potentially help someone out with a a very specific request that they had, that this person needs groceries. Well, I know that I can go to the grocery store and help that person. So this is something that I can do and it gives me a sense of purpose. And I know that I'm helping and contributing in this time when I can't see anyone, I can't go anywhere and I have no idea what's coming, you know, tomorrow, not to mention next week or next month. So I, yeah, I think that that empowerment was something that I didn't originally anticipate, but very quickly saw that, you know, this, this was a real opportunity for people to, to sort of take back some of that power at a time when a lot of people felt very powerless because there was just so much uncertainty and fear over what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it clearly seems you know, empathic. You see all those three levels of of empathy, right? Just sort of cognitive. Oh, like, oh, I get that. Like, I could see how that would be a problem for somebody else. And then the, wow, I can really feel that. And then the sort of drive to action. And I think what was striking to me about it was that it did create and does create a path for people to take action and to sort of be curious about like, oh, well, how might I be able to be helpful here? It's like, there's a specific ask about something, but can I take that to the next level? Might I go somewhere with it? So, you know, I, I sort of made the decision that this is a curiosity enterprise. Do you think of it as a curiosity enterprise? And, and do you have what you might consider curiosity practices, things that you do that bring curiosity into your life? 
You know, uh, because of the topic of this, I, I looked up the, the definition of curiosity to, to say, okay, well, how can I go back to, you know, what Merriam-Webster says and, and see how this connects, at least in my mind. And the, the first sub-definition was inquisitive interest in others' concerns. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is such a apt description of why people have joined this group and why I'm still a part of it as well. And that I've learned so much about different people in the community. And I just think, you know, this summer when the Black Lives Matter protests erupted um, throughout the country and a whole segment of the Arlington community that you know, wasn't even necessarily that active on the the group uh, prior to that started speaking about how this was impacting them and affecting them and how they, they felt about what was happening in our country and what they were doing about it and what they wanted their neighbors to do about it. That was a an amazing learning opportunity. And uh, it it was also a tumultuous time. I mean, the <laughs> the group got uh, very contentious during that period. We had to turn on universal post approvals because, you know, people um, were not always being kind and respectful in the way that they should, um, and uh, it was it was challenging. But I think you know, for me and a lot of other people, it was also a, a wonderful opportunity to just learn about and empathize with experiences of our neighbors and people who have experienced things differently from myself and and also what people like me and and others could do to to help um and to support our neighbors in their time of need and you know how we could you know influence the policy process or you know what what we could do to just be supportive and I just, I thought that was a really awesome opportunity. And I feel like that's happened again and again through this page that, you know, people have really come forward and helped share aspects of their lives that probably otherwise you would never get to see. And it's, it's helped people like myself and I'm sure others learn a lot more about what my neighbors are going through and what Mm -hmm. it's like for other people to live in Arlington and what they, the challenges that they face and the opportunities uh, that they have to, you know, to persevere and make the community a better place as well. So it's also kind of entrepreneurial. Did you think of yourself as an entrepreneur when you kicked this off? I, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I, I think of all of the things that, you know, I've recently done in the community. And, you know, I've been involved in civic life and volunteering in Arlington for many years. If you had asked me, like, what would have had as a large impact at this time, I never would have said creating a Facebook group. Um, (laughs) And I would have said, oh, it's, you know, my work on the tenant landlord commission, or it's, you know, this and that. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of a lot of the other opportunities that I've had to contribute in Arlington to making this a better place. But this is probably one of the most unexpected opportunities to just sort of do something without giving it too much thought. Because like I said, you know, I, I didn't go into this thinking that, 
a whole lot of people would join a group that I started. Like I'm not, I'm not like an elected leader. Like I, you know, I don't have that many friends on Facebook, but it just super quickly caught on and people started inviting all their friends. And, and then it became now that I have this group of thousands of people, I need to figure out how to manage this. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky to have some amazing moderators who stepped in pretty much on day one because they saw the need and they were like, hey, we'd love to help you out with this. And I was like, please, please do. Like, I've never run a group like this before. Like, uh, this is very new to me. I wasn't anticipating this. You know, I'm uh, at the time I was finishing my last semester in grad school in addition to my full time job. And I had a lot of things going on in my life. And, I, you know, I, this, as I said, wasn't something that I was anticipating taking off as much as it did. Well, those are what's, you know, I think what, what's interesting to me about it is I think that it has also demonstrated to folks that you can create community and you can, you know, you can sort of suddenly be feel connected to people you don't even necessarily know with this sense of kind of common uh, willingness to sort of step in and step up. And, and the reason I kept coming back to it as a, as a, an example of curiosity is that it's sort of curiosity embodied, you know, questions that people have, but also then asking, so how might I, and then answered and addressed all in the service of communities so that curiosity is expressed, curiosity is rewarded, and it's met with other curiosity in terms of, well, how could I help with this, which seems to have, as you say, seems to have translated beyond the immediacy of the pandemic, which of course is an ongoing thing into this sort of larger venue of sort of we're a community and how can we be helping one another in whatever context that might be? You know, as I think about it, I think, wow, I really hope that's the lesson that everybody takes forward, right? That we can make this choice to be generous and supportive and we can do it with people whom we don't know, whose motives we don't really need to judge or even have full information about. We can just take it face value that people have needs and that we might be able to help them. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I think it's it's been awesome and I very much agree. I think that, you know, one of the things that I think would be awesome from this this group is that when the pandemic eventually does end, is there a way for these people to to meet in person and to mm-hmm. to form those community connections? not just through a Facebook group, but actually interacting with each other and volunteering with each other. And I'm very grateful that we have social media platforms like Facebook, you know, for Facebook is a mixed bag, but I think, you know, for me, this demonstrated the the incredible good that Facebook can do if used, you know, for good. But there is always the sense of, you know, like there's all these cool people and neighbors who I didn't even know existed. I really wish that I could actually meet them and interact with them in person. And and of course, you know, that that was the whole thing with COVID. And it still is that that's what we can't do. And that's why, you know, our only real option is is social media. But I would love to see 
eventually this sort of morph into something where that sense of community extends beyond just social media and we can eventually you know get to know these people but you know again these are mostly people who I've never met yeah. and outside of this Facebook group that's only existed for what 7 months I didn't even know they existed so yeah and now and now they're familiar now they're familiar characters in your life that's pretty cool mm-hmm. well before I let you go I have my big jar of wannabe analogies are you game for this I am all right all right okay hold on Okay, so I have this big jar, and inside are scraps of paper with words written on them. I'm taking out three, one for you, one for me, one for the audience. We're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on these. So yours is uh, a swing. Mine is pickles. And I have one for the audience. So do you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, I, I feel like I need a second or two. For <laughs> okay. If you want to go ahead first, that would be great. Okay. All right. So hmm. how is curiosity like pickles? Um, hmm. Well, pickles are, uh, I, I, I was never a big pickles fan, really. But so I think of them as kind of an acquired taste. But I also think that pickles are something that is um, transformed through a process. And I think curiosity it is a kind of process that transforms things from things that maybe are unknown, unfamiliar, and perhaps alarming um, or scary into something that um, that we might actually want to consume, right? That we that it allows us to um, to yeah, that it transforms things. I guess that's how curiosity is like pickles. How is curiosity like a swing? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I think for me, curiosity is like a swing because when you're on like a swing set and um, you're moving from where it's starting to further up in the air, um, and it's probably just as high as maybe your head would typically be when you're standing, but it feels so different and you when you're starting at the regular sort of position, um, like when the swing's not moving, you kind of get that sensation of like, I, I'm not quite sure what this is going to feel like and what it's going to be like to be that high in the air. And it's it's a completely different perspective of something that you experience kind of standing every day and on a regular basis. But yet nice. it, it feels so different and it can either be incredibly fearful <laughs> or exciting. Uh, depending on the person, I think. That's great. I love that. That sort of that sort of heady sense of and change of perspective. That's terrific. Well, thank you for that. And audience, yours is winter. How is curiosity like winter? Let us know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well, Kellen, thank you so much for this. And I'm very interested to see uh, what you do with this group um, next and uh if there's a if there's a meetup on the other side of this count me in sounds good well lynn thank you for having me today and also thank you for being a member of the group um it's been amazing to have people like yourself and and all the other members participate and make the group what it is and i'm also very curious to see what it turns into because i really don't know at this point and i think a lot of that depends on 
on what the needs are um, within Arlington and within the community over time. So thank you. You've been listening to WERA. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can catch all my previous shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to Be Curious, and on my website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. Don't forget to send us your winter analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Kellen Macbeth, and to my fellow AIM board member, Chanda Chun, who might have helped bring us together. Check out Arlington Neighbors Helping Each Other Through COVID-19 on Facebook. Links also on my website. Our theme music is by Sean Ballack, and this is Shift of Currents by Aeronaut via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join us again next time. And given Kellen's lovely example, where might you ask, how can I help? Or what are all the ways we could... Go ahead. Choose to be curious. Of course, one way you can help is with a donation to support independent media in Arlington. Another way that neighbors help one another, come to think of it. If you enjoy conversations like this and value having an organization that connects us through our stories and music, then send us the best anniversary present possible. Consider a gift to AIM now. You can find us online at WERA.FM. That's WERA.FM. Thank you. Funding for Choose to be Curious is provided in part by Concentric Private Wealth, where changemakers develop clarity for today and confidence for tomorrow by centering on what matters most, which involves more than just money. More information at www.concentricpw.com. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.